Durant blows by Primo. Attack! We welcome you in to another episode of Small Ball Podcast. Next to me is Scott Ayers. Behind the camera, behind the mic, is our producer Andy, and I am Christian Dennis. Trevor McEwen will be out for another episode. Maybe he'll be back next week. Maybe he won't. Scott, how the heck are you, man? You did that really well. <laughs> you sounded you sounded better than I did, truthfully. I just watch you and I, I listen to what you say and you just provided me the blueprint. I gave you a blueprint and you had a chisel and you've been you've been working away for a while. Um, so for those who listen <laughs> so those who just listen on Spotify, um, close your eyes. For those who are watching on YouTube, you can kind of picture it. You've been kind of chis- chiseling away. Okay, there's a statue in front of me. And slowly but surely, that statue's turned into the intro of the Small Ball Podcast. Mm. Um, and you've done that. You did that really well. Um, not only is Andy behind the camera, he's behind the audio. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, did you practice that in the mirror or something? That was good. Um, no, you know, I've always like jokingly like made fun of like announcers at basketball games. And so I feel like that just really came out and that was all organic, natural. That was off the dome. But yeah, I guess some people got it and some people don't, you know? Yeah. You got that dog in you. I do. (laughs) (laughs) We're back to barking, baby. And we're back to barking. This is a, this is a dog household. Mm -hmm. Um, and like you mentioned, one of our dogs, Trevor Miculin, a stray, has been led astray. Um, yeah, yeah, and it's been kind of the running. <laughs> it's been kind of the running bit here. Um, Trevor, obviously, being in Sacramento, <laughs> um, we've been kind of getting some different pieces of Sacramento. So, if you're listening for the first time on Spotify or YouTube, we want to say thank you right now. Um, really means a lot. Um, but we ask that even if you just go back and listen to the start of those other episodes, you'll kind of have a better picture of the great city of Sacramento. Um, we've learned, we've learned the best holidays are New Year or no, the Fourth of July and Christmas. Mm-hmm. Um, we've learned what the Bachelorette would say if she got off the plane. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the Bachelorette from from the great show, The Bachelorette. Um, and we've just learned a little bit more about the city of Sacramento. Yeah. Um, What is one thing Sacramento has that the rest of the world lacks, not including the Sacramento Kings? Mm. The, The city of Sacramento has a unique vibe to it. It's very quiet and calm, but yet it's the capital of one of the greatest states in the United States, the Sunshine State. I don't even know if that's what people call California. The Golden Gate State. The Golden <laughs> the Golden <laughs> State. The Golden State is what I meant to say. Is it, is it Sunshine State? Is that Florida? Uh, yeah. No, they're the uh, Gold Coast. 
Well, who's the Sunshine State? No, I'm pretty sure Sunshine State is Florida. It's Florida. Yeah. Well, you know what? We're the Golden State. <laughs> That's where we discovered gold. And for all you history nuts out there, um, there is a place called Sutter's Fort. That is where John Sutter uh, settled down and was searching for gold in the American River. So you can look it up. I don't care if I'm wrong, but that is a place. I went there for fourth grade, um, and it was really cool. That's really special. I did check Sunshine State is Florida, producer Andy. Um, I, I had to make sure we got one thing right on this podcast here today. Um, but, yeah, that's really interesting. I think a lot of people – we have a lot of history nuts. Um, outside basketball, the second most things that we get emailed and asked about is is U.S. history. Yeah. <laughs> so it is nice to know that, that you're able to provide that for our listeners. Yeah, I, I mean – Whatever the listeners want, I'll do. You know, I, I'm here to, you know, give you guys entertainment and content. So, you know, just keep keep emailing us, put a comment. What do you want us to talk about? Because obviously we're in that point of the season where basketball is is very dead, and we want to talk about something that is provides excitement. So if that's U.S. history right now, then let's list off the the presidents right now. Let's go. Okay, go. Benjamin Franklin. <laughs> okay. Was <laughs> All right. Okay, maybe okay. not. Okay. All right. So what we'll do is I'll have you ask a question about U.S. history. We'll do like 13 seconds of research. Okay. And then we will... We will answer those questions. Okay. I think that's great yeah. um, because we are in the dog days of, of summer. Um, we are on our tour uh, mm-hmm. covering different teams in the NBA. But seriously, if you have questions, ask. We want to make these episodes fun, um, engaging, and obviously talk about if your favorite team today is the Memphis Grizzlies, you're in luck, or if you're just trying to learn, learn a little bit more about teams in the NBA and the landscape of the NBA in small to mid-market teams you've come to the right place. And occasionally you'll hear about U.S. history. Mm. Sometimes you'll hear about our great producer and his love life, um, which we were able to hear about that last episode. Um, We've got it all here on the Small Ball Podcast. I don't really think there's any other space that provides that kind of information. No, no. I mean, how many times have you tuned into a podcast and they're talking about what to do in Sacramento and, you know, what holidays are, you know, like there, you know, you don't get that on a on a basketball podcast. You don't get that. You don't get what it's like talking to a doctor who calls you off hours. Yep. yep. You don't you don't get that anywhere else except for here on the small ball podcast. And that is the perfect time because we will actually move into uh, our discussion of basketball. We've loosened up. We feel good. Producer Andy looks good. Andy, say something. Something. That is how I know Andy's My man. Good. Benjamin Franklin and something with this guy. That is what we are living for. And we are talking about the Memphis Grizzlies, um, who will probably be one of the more exciting teams in the NBA for who knows how long, next five to ten 10 seasons, which is awesome. And it really was a breakout year for the Grizzlies this last season. Um, they, they fall in the playoffs to Golden State in the second round. But really, John Morant has emerged as a budding superstar, not just a star, superstar in the NBA. Yeah, I think 
I, I could say it for almost everyone, but the Memphis Grizzlies surprised us, the entire league. We we did not know that they were going to be this good of a team. I did not expect them to go from um, playing in the play-in to being the number two team in the West. That's a tremendous jump, and that is partially because of Jaw. You know, there was an extended period of time where he wasn't playing, and the Memphis Grizzlies did not skip a beat, uh, thanks to Tyus Jones and other role players that kind of stepped up in in place of Jaw being out. So they have a great culture, grit and grind. They're tough. You don't want to play them. They're just they're just a kind of a you know a team that it's just like I'm gonna come out of this game and I'm gonna be pretty bruised up. I'm gonna be needing that ice bath as soon as I'm done with the game. So I love that they're kind of going with that identity. Um, I I hope they can kind of in a way dial it back because I feel like their attitude is getting them in a little bit of trouble. You know, um, we kind of saw it in the Warriors series that, you know, you, you, you don't bite the bull, you know. You start to get a bit of a target on your back, and you mentioned right. the bull, and there was a big old red target, it felt like, um, on Memphis in that series. And it was interesting. Um, we won't talk about this too much, but – if there's one guy you really don't want to take off, it's Steph Curry. Um, and, and especially a team that has won championships. It's one thing if it was like Denver. Because like, okay, Denver, furthest they've gotten is a Western Conference final. Right. That's great. But you're doing that to like perennial champions. Not all-stars, champions. Um, that's where there was a bit of an issue there. But if you're a Memphis fan, you have to love that. Right. Right? Like you want something like that because if you look five years ago, Memphis, I think, had 22 wins. Um, and now here they are. They go from playing to the number two team in the Western Conference. And we mentioned John Morant, he missed time. He only played in 57 games last season, um, which you hear that a, a budding superstar misses that much time and they finish second in the West. Um, you really have to credit Taylor Jenkins. I thought he did a phenomenal job um, past this past season with Memphis, but a lot of the guys really stepped up as well. Jaron Jackson Jr., uh, we finally got to see what he was capable of, um, was just a menace on the defensive side of the basketball, fifth in defensive player of the year voting. Um, I love Steven Adams at that center position as well. Like, what a gritty front court. You kind of mentioned it, just nasty basketball that will give people give people fits and then of course the emergence of Desmond Bain who was phenomenal this last season yeah Bain's improvement as long uh, as well as jaw I mean they were basically both in the running for most improved obviously jaw won um, which that's a completely different topic because how do you go from rookie of the year to most improved like that's that doesn't make sense to me Um, but having Desmond Bain make that improvement is kind of a little bit what no one expected. You know, he, he showed some good signs as a rookie, um, but to have him basically be a, now a starter in this league uh, is awesome for the Grizzlies. He kind of does um, pair well with jaw too, because he's pretty solid defensively and he can shoot the outside ball. So, you know, that's a good running mate with, um, jaw and I'm just excited to kind of see the team grow because they're very very young 
and for them to make these improvements and still be young, they could be scary come you know a couple years down the road. Um, but one player that I really like uh, was uh, the rookie this year, Zaire Williams. Uh, he kind of started off a little slow, but towards the end of the year, uh, started to play really well. Yeah, he, he did, as did other role players like D'Anthony Melton was great. Um, Dylan Brooks, when healthy, was was solid. Um, heck, he was second on the team in scoring, but he only played 32 games. So that's kind of where it, maybe don't take all the eggs in, in one basket right there. But overall, they had a lot of guys step up when Ja was out. They played well um, in the playoffs. They fall short, but you fall short to the NBA champs. I don't really think that's something you hang your hat on, especially from where they had been. As right. a fan, you have to start to get excited for what the future holds because I do think the next five, six, seven, eight seasons um, – Memphis is going to be very competitive. And I don't necessarily know when that championship window opens. It might be open right now. Um, it's just that window is is going to be a bit of a climb to get through, um, which which makes sense because of how good the Western Conference is. Yeah. I mean, if, if Jaron Jackson Jr. can stay healthy and he can continue to improve to be that second running mate with Jaw, they're, they're – there could be some noise there. Uh, I think Jaw just he needs someone who can elevate him, play on his level, um, in order to make them serious contenders. Andy, you got something for us? No, I completely agree, Christian. I think it what he what he needs is kind of what he's figured out in this past year. So I love the Memphis Grizzlies. They're like one of my favorite teams to watch, and so I've always thought that the Stephen Adams signing was kind of odd. And so I, I've been like kind of wondering and doing more research into it. And uh, this account, MBA underscore university, they post a lot of great advanced stats, stats that are easily congestible for ordinary NBA fans. And so they, they kind of like show a graph of how the pick and rolls work with Ja and the other role players on the team. And the relationship that they have or that Ja has with Steven Adams is insane. Like their, their pick and roll synergy is wild like i think he's he's getting he's doing 15 screens a game and he's getting 1.2 points per screen no way. so like this is working more than 50 percent of the time and it's not even with like just him it's with other players like all the other players i think the highest is like five pick and rolls per game so the pick and roll with steven adams and john morant has been working magnificently well and so if they can as long as they continue that i think we could see a a big step taken like from John Morant that we could see like maybe an MVP season. Yeah, no, definitely. And I love that you bring up Steven Adams because offensively that is an awesome stat to bring up that um, I think will get overlooked by a lot of people. Um, but also defensively, I think he's a great neutralizer against some of the great bigs in the Western Conference. And, you know, for teams like Minnesota and Denver that pride themselves on having really talented bigs and Cat and Jokic, they are given fits from Steven Adams. Um, so that's that's huge on the defensive standpoint, not to mention um, John Moran on the offensive side of the basketball, which you mentioned potential MVP season. Maybe that's something that we want to get into. I, I think that he has the potential to be the MVP in the NBA. Um, it's just, can he get past Giannis? Can he get past Embiid? 
Um, can he get past? Probably another bid by LeBron. Um, I would say those are probably the top three names just because I think voter fatigue has Jokic out of that mix. Um, and, of course, Luka Doncic. I, I can't forget about Luka either. <laughs> um, but Jaws in that conversation, that uh, there's no doubt there at all. Yeah, I, definitely. And, you know, maybe this year starting off the season with Jaron Jackson Jr. out, it may require him to be a little bit more aggressive from an offensive standpoint to where, you know, maybe he's putting up insane numbers to start the year. Uh, and that's that's a, a point that can really improve his ability to become MVP. Um, he's going to put the whole city of Memphis on his back. He's going to wear it with honor and he's going to try to do whatever he can because he just embraced the city and culture so much that for jaw it's a great system for him to be in because he's just going to improve and keep improving yeah can we talk about that for a sec because like has there been another player that just fits the mold of a city more than john morant like this has just worked perfectly I, I I can't remember the last time where an I, I think maybe like he gets this player comp a lot is Derrick Rose, where an entire city is just right behind a player and like, and the players behind the city and like every everybody's just on the same page. Like it's it's kind of rare with superstars, especially in today's league where a superstar can go every which way. But to see that on Memphis, it's awesome. Yeah, no, I agree. I the the player that I thought of which I thought you were going to say it, uh, is actually Allen Iverson in Philly. Oh. Like, both really talented guards who are athletic, sneaky, a um, little bit smaller, uh, just embraced by the city, and just they love each other back, and it's just kind of a match made in heaven. Mm-hmm. And they've got an awesome chip on their shoulder, too. They do. Which I think that's one of Jaws' like greatest things is he really does play with a chip on his shoulder um he plays with a little bit of attitude but i think that's great i I think if if you're a fan of memphis there's no way you would ever be like oh gosh i wish i wish jaw would stop celebrating (laughs) right like you're not thinking that you're thinking holy cow we have a potential mvp on our team who loves our city and that's giving us competitive basketball um which what a treat for Memphis to have. And let's kind of look at their offseason as well um, because that is important. Um, we've mentioned Jaron Jackson Jr. Going to be out four to six months um, with a uh, foot injury. So that's going to be painful because there's a possible timetable where he doesn't return until December, January, because sometimes those those injuries linger on. Um, so who's going to fill his roles and who do they lose? I think really the thing that hurts most with this injury is Kyle Anderson, no longer on the team, who slow-mo um played actually a pretty pivotal role in memphis was was really solid for the grizz and so to lose him and have this injury as well i think these first few months of the season um memphis will be fine but it's going to be a little bit tougher than they'd want yeah definitely i mean losing a player who's a solid veteran like slow-mo who could fit that role of playing a four uh in place of jaron jackson jr would be very helpful for the grizzlies but i think that brandon clark is gonna have a really solid year i don't see why he wouldn't kind of start the season in that starting role at the power forward he gives you a little bit of a different look um than like having Steven Adams of, you know, Steven's going to be close to the, the, the rim, 
Uh, he's not as athletic as Brandon Clark. Brandon Clark can even stretch, uh, stretch the offense a little bit with his three-point shooting. Uh, you add another awesome athlete to the lineup, which can give teams, you know, defensive issues. Um, and, you know, having a lob threat for jaw, um, could be something that adds a different element to their game. Um, so I, I kind of expect Brandon Clark to, to make a, a little bit of a step this year. He is going into like a contract year. So, um, I, I would expect some, some big involvement with him at the start of the season, at least. I would, um, completely agree with that. Yeah. I was looking to see who's kind of kind of be at that small forward position because um, John Bain at one, two, probably Dylan Brooks as a two, Bain at three, maybe be a little bit smaller. Brooks comes off the bench. Um, that's maybe the one question I would have um, that they could get creative with. Not that it's a bad thing by any means, um, but I will say too, this is kind of a quick side thing as I, I actually loved um, – their draft and their off season. Um, Kenny Lofton Jr. Um, and Christian, I know you've talked about him um, before the draft, and and you really liked his game. And we watched just some some clips in summer ball. If you're a Memphis fan, you probably already know this, but watching him bully Chet Holmgren was probably the, my summer highlight. Like, yeah. I and mean, that's not me just trying to boost up Memphis fans, but it was my highlight of the summer. To watch Kenny Lofton Jr., a guy who goes undrafted, um, push around a dude that um, has gotten crazy high comparisons. Right, right. I mean, it's cool, too, because, like, Kenny Lofton Jr. and Chet played on, like, USA teams together. So, like, they, they're very familiar with each other. And um, I, I think Chet even acknowledged it at the end of the, the game that they play. He's like, yeah, that's my boy, like... We're, we're always going to try to fight each other and make each other better on the court. So there's just a lot of respect there between the two. But Kenny Lofton Jr. is definitely a wild card. Um, and I'm excited to see what he can do in the league. I don't know if he'll do a whole lot. I kind of right. just hope to see him do a lot um, or be, you know, in a little bit of the rotation. But, yeah, they, they have, like, four rookies this year four or five you know with uh david roddy who's who's another interesting player because he's a little bit undersized um but he he showed some pretty good skill uh he was he was was great at csu um and that i think was his one big knock was his size because i think if he's got you know an extra three inches he's you know, probably a top 15 pick because of his skill set. So that's going to be the one interesting player, too, um, in my mind, just because we know his skill set. But is that height going to be a huge disadvantage for him? I, it's still hard to see. Vincent Williams, the second uh, from in the second round from VCU, as well as um, Kennedy Chandler. Chandler, I think, was brought in just in case um, they've got some issues at the guard position with, with injuries. Um, those are probably going to be guys that starting out will be in the G League. Um, and then, of course, uh, Jake LaRivia? La- LaRivia? La- mm-hmm. La- yeah, from, from Wake Forest, who small forward. So... I, I, he's not going to start day one, but um, he'll be he'll find his way into the rotation, or at least that that is the hope. If if you're a Memphis fan, yeah, I mean a lot of draft scouts were really high on him, um, and so I think there's a lot of excitement there. 
Um, he can be pretty solid defensively. And, I mean, with the Grizzlies, like I said before, the grit and grind, they're going to be tough to play. It's like you're going to be looking at your schedule, but oh, we got the Grizzlies tonight. Like, geez, this isn't going to be an easy fight. And I, I just love that, you know, from your main guy to the guy who's on a two-way contract, you just know it's going to be a battle. Um, and, you know... I don't see Jake playing a, a whole lot to start. I personally think it's Dylan Brooks at the, the three there, and then Zaire Williams is probably backing him up. So he could be playing a little bit third string, uh, small forward, maybe even play a little uh, power forward, um, just depending on the depth that the, the Grizzlies have. But, yeah, they have a lot of really good rookies coming in. I like the fact that, you know, they drafted Kennedy Chandler because he went to Tennessee. So it's like a little nod to the the local boy. Like, hey, man, like this sit, this this state loves you. This city loves you. And, you know, we're going to continue to rock with you. Um, and, you know, that's it's not a terrible third string point guard. You know, you you just traded away Melton um, to give more minutes to Tyus Jones and then. You know, Memphis has, has proven to have really good development. So getting another young guy into their system can be a really good uh, asset for for the Grizzlies in the, the coming years. Yeah, yeah. I And that's, that's why I liked Lofton um, with Memphis because I feel as though if any team can make Lofton into something, it's Memphis. Like, it's just – he just – it feels right that he's in Memphis because he, yeah, he just, he plays with a chip on his shoulder, um, kind of bullied some people around in summer league and uh, is, is going to be kind of a fun story to watch regardless of, of where he ends up, which leads us into what we expect from Memphis this upcoming season. They finished second in the West a season ago. Um, they're going to have some injury issues at the start of this year with Jaron Jackson um, Jr. And they've had injuries in the past at that guard play, Dylan Brooks and John Morant. So, Christian, the question is posed to you. Um, what what does Memphis, you know, what does this regular season look like and what are expectations for, for the Grizzlies? Yeah, I, I think there's going to be a little bit of a drop-off for the Grizzlies. Um, you know, it's a, a year where teams have been able to maybe figure them out a little bit, so we might see them struggle um, just a little bit. Um not saying it's going to be a huge thing, but it's not going to be as easy as it was uh, for them. And of course, we've mentioned before on that teams that were below them gotten better just because they've gotten healthier. So, you know, teams are getting healthy. They're already struggling with injuries. They might catch a few L's towards the beginning of the year. So I kind of see them hovering around maybe like, that fifth seed, I feel like that's that's fair. Fifth, sixth, um, depending on how their injuries are, maybe even dropping into the play-in. Um, but I, I think they definitely are a play-in, a playoff team, um, just because of what they did last year and the coaching staff that they have and culture that they have. I think they're just going to be a tough team, and they're they're going to be a tough team to play in the playoffs. I, I would not want to necessarily no. see them. No, and for for whatever reason, every time you think of Memphis in the playoffs, it's always just 
gritty basketball. Yeah. It, 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 you never want to have Memphis in a matchup. Um, but, yeah, I, I had them around that fifth spot as well. Um, the, the name of the game in the NBA is just to, is health. Um, that feels like more than half the battle. Um, oftentimes, an NBA champion is crowned because their team just stayed healthy and the teams around them did not. Um, and so that, that plays a huge role into it. And I'm not saying that Memphis is going to be injured until the playoffs. But um, if you start the playoffs as a five seed, that makes your life a whole lot harder than if you start as a, a two or a three seed. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I, I like Memphis as a five seed, um, but I, I do see them as a, a competitor to win the West. I, I don't say that in a sense where they don't have a chance. Um, it just means that they're going to have to now deal with new new challengers and the Clippers. I think the Lakers are going to find their way into that mix. Um, and then everyone else around them, right? Denver, Phoenix, um, Minnesota, Minnesota, New Orleans, New like. Orleans. Yeah. It's like, pick your poison. Um, none of those teams you want to play against in the playoffs and all of those teams, unless something happens are going to be there and they're going to be a pain in the rear, which as an NBA fan, how awesome does that sound on paper right now? I'm like, oh my gosh, this sounds so friggin' good. But n- knowing the NBA, like, come December, there's going to be four good teams and everyone else is just going to absolutely reek. Yeah, it's funny, like, offseason, how we just, like, look at the standings. We're like, man, these teams are so good. And <laughs> yes. then season comes around and, like, the team's like, the Lakers are butt cheeks. And it's like, <laughs> who would have expected that team to be so bad, you know? And it's just like, you, you just don't know. What's going to happen? You don't know who's going to be good, who's going to be bad. I mean, like, you can have some feelers, but, like, you just, at the end of the day, you just don't know. Like, you don't know what's going to happen, what who's going to get injured. It, that's what makes this league so interesting um, is just the fact that you just have no idea if anyone is going to be, you know, healthy and as good as they are. Yeah. No, and that's uh, that's going to be something telling here in the, the coming months. That's why when we're, we're talking basketball in the middle of August, it's like, God, we can we can speculate, but we don't know what the hell's going to happen. Um, and that's that's what's fun. It's fun to talk. It's fun to watch. It's fun to discuss. Yeah, no, this might be this might be going down, but in reality, it it's. It's all just talking until until October when, when we actually see the guys hit the court again. Yeah. And, you know, at this point of the, the, the season, I guess non the off season, all I can think about when we brought up the, the fact that we we're going to talk about the Grizzlies is just how much John Morant's dad looks like Usher. Yes. <laughs> like that was like the most exciting thing I could think of. I was like, dude, he looks just like Usher. He, he looks just like Usher. It's unbelievable. It's honestly kind of amazing. I'm I, kind of surprised Jaw doesn't look more like Usher. I thought it was a bit. I thought the first time they showed Jaw's dad, I was like, why are they showing Usher right now? Which is kind of cool. It's kind of cool to have that look like. Yep. They say my look like is Chris Hemsworth. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, yep. I could, yep. Uh, I see it. You see it? Yeah. Okay. Thank yeah. you very you much, both Christian. We're blonde. We're both blonde, handsome, toned, the the god of thunder. <laughs> yeah. No, that's that's definitely how I describe you to everyone. <laughs> so my girlfriend says she calls me her god of thunder. <laughs> <laughs> 
I doubt she does. <laughs> Has she even seen like Thor? No, she doesn't like superheroes. <laughs> yeah, she does not seem like that type of person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually, she would be the last person on this planet to call me the god of thunder, which is shocking. Maybe you should ask her. Hey, yeah, I'm gonna show her like just different pictures. I'm like, do I remind you of this, the god of thunder? <laughs> You could just like bring it up like casually be like, I just love the fact that we have like pet names. And then like, it's, it's, I just like, whenever you make, call me the God of Thunder, I just feel like so, so strong inside. Strong. <laughs> yeah. It's all about winning her over in yeah. that sense. Yeah. Um, one final fun tidbit last season for Memphis. Um, that actually was the best record that they had. That, that tied for the best record that they ever had wow. in franchise history. Um, so, I think as a Memphis fan, which happened in 2012, the 2012-2013 season. Um, so kind of cool for Memphis that they they bring back some of those those feelings because when when they're good, that that fan base is is really fun. Um, just kind of like it's really fun to be called the God of Thunder. Um, so for producer Andy and my great friend Christian Dennis, I'm Scott Ayers. We say so long for now, and we will see you next week. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was Usher. <laughs>